Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Former New York Congressman, former New York gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin. Do you see a concerted effort by the Biden administration to use their resources to really dig into what's going on in these universities, these colleges, these front organizations, these student visas and all the rest? Are you seeing that? No. They have the tools to, but they're not. Uh, they should be all in on this effort. There are right now Jewish students who are unable to get from their dorm to their classroom without feeling threatened, confronted by people who are dressed like Hamas terrorists, using rhetoric like Hamas terrorists, and in certain cases, actually physically bullying, intimidating. And when that college student ends up going to that faculty member to uh, ask for help, the faculty member is telling them that they need to go see a therapist. Uh, we see at the City University of New York where there was rampant anti-Semitism before October 7th, where if you want to celebrate your graduation from their school of law, you have to sit through a hate-filled commencement address two years in a row by someone filled with, with violent uh, thoughts and, and anti-Semitism. They had a Muslim professor who on a Sunday was... Uh, giving a sermon in New Jersey talking about how the Muslims should be eliminating the filth of the Jews uh, from Israel. You have you, you had a, a city council meeting that was set up to combat anti-Semitism around the schedule of the chancellor and then the chancellor no-shows. That's just one university. We see Cooper Union. We see stories from Columbia, from Cornell. Just inside of one state in New York, and just talking about the college setting, we haven't even started talking about the streets or the halls of government. They're begging for leadership and action. Does this administration have the tools to combat this? Yes, absolutely. Are they? Heck no, and that's a problem. Listening to Lee Zeldin is so frustrating. It really is because he's so damn smart and he's so damn good, and he should be running this state instead of that wench, Kathy Hochul, who rivals Andrew Cuomo as the worst governor, I believe, in the history of this state. They are neck and neck, man. This is like Ali Dar and Affirmed with Stevie Carlton. You like that reference, don't you, Lewis? <laughs> Only I can man, do that. I am old. I get every. I know you do. You're old. But it's true. I mean, Lee is just he's terrific. That was uh, courtesy of my dear friend Mark Levin. The Mark Levin Show, Sunday on Fox News. And here he is, the aforementioned, my man, an American hero too, mind you, served this country and continues to. Very proudly, Lee Zeldin. Good morning, Lee. Good morning, Sid. Great to be back with you. Uh, it's great to have you back too. And uh, watching you on TV that night, I, I right away reached out to Justin and said, we got to get uh, Lee back on the show. You know, people do ask me before we get to the, your, your comments about our campuses and anti-Semitism, what is Lee doing? I mean, he ran for governor. He did a great job. Obviously, he won the Republican primary and against three very impressive men. And they're kind of still waiting for Lee Zeldin to make a return to public politics. Uh, you want to share where you are today in that endeavor? Well, I happen to be driving up to Binghamton to do a bunch of uh, events up there, uh, partially to combat anti-Semitism. That's uh, two of the four events. Uh, the Broome County Republican Party is 
uh, doing a holiday party this evening. So, I mean, we continue to stay involved with trying to help build the Republican Party around the state, continue to stay engaged in important issues to me and you and the, a lot of your audience. Uh, I started up a charity at the beginning of the year, and we're trying to get involved in whatever type of good projects, charitable projects that we can there. But as far as a decision on you know, the next big move, uh, that's a decision for another day. In the meantime, I just stay very involved. And the one thing that is the most worthy of bragging has been the time spent uh, with my daughters, uh, my twin girls who are yeah. seniors now before they head off to college, making up for lost time. Because I'll tell you what, in 12 years in elected office, the last eight years in Congress, uh, there was a lot of missed mm. little things, which are pretty big for the girls. So that's been yeah. the best part. And they are wonderful girls. Your wife, Dee, and the girls. I mean, your, your family. You've got a beautiful family. And, of course, you're a terrific father, whether you were in D.C. or surely Long Island. You're, you're a great dad, and it shows. And i got to tell you, my son, Gabe, is just a freshman in high school. He just turned 15. My daughter, thank God, is away in college. She goes to college in Europe, and I love where she goes to college. She's not dealing with half of the crap that Americans are dealing with here, but your daughter's about to go away or stay home, whatever it may be. The choice of picking a college these days, because I know they're both brilliant and great students, but my godly, there's not one Ivy League school I would even consider. It's got to make this job even more difficult for you guys. Can you imagine being valedictorian of your class, busting your butt to be, you know, getting near perfect scores or perfect scores on your tests, uh, involved in extracurriculars, and, and, and you get into your dream school of Harvard. You spend all of that money, and you're sitting in the classroom, and, and Bill de Blasio or Lori Lightfoot are teaching your class. Oh, my God. I'm like, really? You could go to any other place of higher education and their best selling point may be, if you come here, we promise that you won't have to sit in the class with Lori Lightfoot and Bill de Blasio. The amount of people who fall up into these Ivy League uh, institutions, I, I think it should come back and bite them. We're seeing it to a certain extent with uh, the people who used to very generously donate to these colleges. They're upset with what they're seeing with uh, the anti-Semitism rising on campus. Uh, but I, I'm watching what's going on on these college campuses more than ever from the most personal of positions because, yeah, my daughters are going to have to have an important decision here in mm. the next few weeks, next couple months. Mm. And there's some places I think are doing a pretty good job of disqualifying themselves. Oh, there's no question about it. I know, in fact, today, Harvard, Penn, and MIT, all three have come up really lousy the last couple of months since October the 7th are meeting uh, in D.C., and all three should consider getting rid of their presidents, just like Hofstra here on Long Island, uh, a school very near and dear to you out there on Long Island. They've got the same issue. Their president came out and basically sympathized with Hamas and the murderers and not, uh, not the Israelis. So, yes, I don't envy you. I'll have that same decision coming up in about three years. The question in this state, though, forget about the rest of the country, in this state, because you talked to Levin about schools like NYU and Columbia and others, we're clearly not doing enough to fix this. What else should we be doing to make sure this anti-Semitism doesn't exist and people, in fact, are, are taking account for this? 
Well, I'll tell you a few things quick off the bat. The government doesn't even define what anti-Semitism even is. I feel like the state, the federal government should be adopting, adopting the IHRA definition of anti-Semitism. I think we all should be in agreement on what anti-Semitism is. A lot of these universities, they receive tax dollars. They should not be receiving tax dollars if they are allowing, if they are empowering, embracing, elevating in any way the anti-Semitism where Jewish students feel threatened in their quest to just be able to simply get from point A to point B. Thirdly, in some of these places, you have government officials, the governor, the state legislature involved with the selection of who the chancellors are, who the trustees are. We should be booting people who aren't going to courageously step up in a time like this with moral clarity to be able to do the right thing. And the fourth thing I'll mention quickly is that we have elected officials who either aren't saying anything or when they do say something, they're refusing to condemn Hamas. They won't name the beheadings, the kidnappings, the rapes, the hostage taking. These elected officials all need to be called out for it. They should be booted from office because of it. And these are just the first four to come to mind. There are a hundred different things that we could be doing. The most important thing as a parent or as a student is making sure that we're not going to these places where you're going to be in an environment where they're trying to indoctrinate or brainwash you. What's the point of spending all that money and going to higher education if you're not going to be getting a quality education? Save that money. Put it somewhere else. Yeah, good point. Lee Zeldin, folks, the pride of Shirley Long Island, the great congressman and almost governor. Who knows what's next? He's such an impressive uh, man and a dear friend of mine. Hey, Lee, I want to get to uh, Biden. And uh, I've got family members who are Democrats, and they're not going to change Jewish Democrats. And they actually think Biden's doing a good job. And I've heard people say that around the country. He's doing a good job. And, you know, he's pro-Israel and and I have to tell you that when they say that, I, I, I want to throw up because, to me, once you're in bed with Iran, I've made this statement a thousand times the last two months, I'll make it again. Once you're in bed with Iran, and he has been that way, not in one but two administrations, dating to his days back with Barack Obama, when him, Obama, and Kerry did that Iran deal. Then he takes office as president, tries to revive that deal right away. Then he's giving them hostages. He's giving them millions and millions of dollars. He's not enforcing any any of the sanctions. He's loosening restrictions. You can't do all that for Iran and be a friend of Israel at the same time. You just can't. So I have said on record, I've been taking it to task by guys like Michael Goodwin of the Post, Joe Biden is not only a creep, but he's complicit in these attacks. And boy, do they get pissed. What do you think? Iran has to get called out on their role. There's no way that Hamas carries out this attack without being resourced and blessed by Iran. Okay, so so, so if Joe Biden has been in bed with Iran in not just one but two administrations, how is he not complicit? Uh, well, I mean, listen, I had been calling out to that point. I mean, just a few weeks before this got carried out, he gave $6 billion, was signed off on on September 11th to Iran as part of a ransom to be able to get U.S. hostages back. I will tell you that Barack Obama, in my opinion, is worse. Uh, Biden, though, did empower this guy, Rob Malley, to be his special envoy to Iran. This guy's now out of the position because he was – Being charged as an Iranian spy, accused of being an Iranian spy, the person who the who the Biden administration was appointing to be in charge of his relationship, his interaction uh, with Iran. So we have the billions of dollars that are going to Iran. There's the refusal to call out Iran's role as it relates to October 7th 
yeah, there's a there's a lot of problems here. I mean, they, they've we're seeing it at the United Nations. We're seeing it in the direct interactions. And right now, over the course of the last few weeks, we have had U.S. service members uh, attacked dozens of times in the Middle East. We just woke up to news over the weekend where there was a U.S. warship uh, that was being attacked. All of this needs to get called out. They're not going to they're not scared of a strongly worded letter. They're not scared of a letter that shows up or a press release showing up with Anthony Blinken's name on the top of the letterhead. And, and, and the red lines that get pushed are meaningless if you don't actually do anything about it. You can't say don't attack U.S. service members or we will do everything in our power to defend ourselves when they are going to do it dozens and dozens of times since October 7th. And it seems like we're not doing anything. Two more, about uh, three minutes to go. On October 8th, that Sunday morning, I made a video in my living room. It's still up on my Instagram page. I remember that day the Jets were playing the Giants, and I made a point because I'm a big sports guy. I can't even watch the game. I was so sick over what happened the day before in Israel. And for one second, I mean this, I've never served this country. I'm not capable. Uh, For one second, I thought about Pat Tillman how he decided after watching the buildings crumble to the ground on 9-11 to forego millions of dollars and a wonderful life playing in the National Football League and go serve our country, which he did. And unfortunately, he died friendly fire in a lonely cave in Afghanistan. But, man, is he the, the face of courage. Well, you served us proudly in Iraq and Afghanistan, too. Have you not considered at any point being the proud Jew that you are, Lee Zeldin, going there to Israel and actually trying to snuff out these Hamas terrorists. Well, listen, I still serve in the Army Reserve, so uh, and I had reserve duty this past weekend, um, you know, and, and this is something that is close to my heart. Um, I, I'm a U.S. American soldier. I'm not you know, going to be leaving the United States military to go join the IDF. Got it. Um, it you know, it, it's uh, yeah, I, I've spent over 20 years now in the United States Army. I love I love serving it. I did five years of ROTC before that, and uh, the, the idea of leaving that post to go serve in another nation's uh, military is not something that I'm going to be doing. But um, I will say that as somebody who is uh, per, a person who puts America first, I value the the friendship uh, with Israel. They are our great ally. I do want to do. Uh, everything in my power to help, uh, my, my first and foremost loyalty is to the U.S. Got it. All right, so let's get local, and we'll let you run another amazing conversation, Lee. George Santos, that's over. So it's two questions. A, you want it? <laughs> and uh, B, probably not. Do you have any, I don't know, picks, anybody you'd like to recommend or suggest to take that George Santos seat? I don't. Uh, there's going to be a special election, as you know, called for some time in February. Kathy Hochul at first put out a tweet, which, by the way, is still up, where she was talking about how she was going to fill the seat. No, Hochul, that's not how this works. Uh, you set a special election date. The way it works with special elections, there aren't primaries. You know, There will be a general election November of 2024. There will be a primary election and a general election for that race next year. But as far as this special election goes, the party picks the candidate. It looks like the Democrats are most likely to pick Tom Suozzi, although I guess that hasn't been announced. That's not done. Uh, We'll see. The Republicans are going to have to vet and pick whoever uh, is believed to be the strongest candidate. And we need to do everything in our power to make sure 
that that person wins because so, so how does that so, so how does that work right right we know we, we cannot allow it exactly Hakeem Jeffries to become speaker we need that seat back so how does that work you basically walk into an office and sit down with Joe Cairo he interviews you and he's going to be the judge and jury here how does that work well, I, so there's been a whole lot of people who have stepped up. This district is both in Nassau County and Queens County. Uh, I, I don't know offhand exactly what the process is of whether or not it's you know going before a you know, whole bunch of uh, Republican committeemen, whether it's just a few, it's just one. I, I just don't have the answer to it. I uh, I do believe that right now the Nassau County Republican Committee is as strong as any Republican committee you'll find anywhere in America. On no notice, they can rally many hundreds of people to show up, to, to show up at a rally, to hit doors. They could do it on 24, 48 hours notice. In that district on the North Shore of Nassau, they just won the town of North Hempstead seat, the county legislative seat around Great Neck. These are very Democrat areas. Uh, we saw it in 2021, 2022, 2023. In this third congressional district, things are trending to the right. Uh, so I, I think that the Republican effort right now is being – uh, underrated in our ability. And listen, George Santos won. I, I, I won that uh, that congressional seat uh, very strongly in our governor's race. Uh, so we have to get the right candidate in, whatever the process is going to be, go all in behind that candidate and make sure that they win so that uh, we don't have Jerry Nadler again to chair of the Judiciary Committee. <laughs> oh, my God. You, you mentioned Hakeem Jeffries and, Jer- and uh, Jerry Nadler. I almost want to move back to Boca. I swear to God. Uh, but I've got people like you here. Thank God still, Lee Zeldin. Thank you for this uh, great conversation. Good luck up in Binghamton today. You know I love you. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks, Sid. Take care. You're the best. Congressman Lee Zeldin right there on a variety of topics, including our college campuses, Joe Biden, and the George Santos seat.